Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the rest of the review. Full disclosure, Dylan God is raising a human being and wasn't able to fully read the research today, which is good news because today we're doing the missing link. The most wrestler review wrestler ever. One, from Canada. Fuck yeah. Two, <laughs> rural Ontario. Oh, yes, no. please. Three, blames all of his problems on the following things. His wife, mm -hmm. who, of course, he attacked a lot. Drugs. Weed. Yes, please. Did he hang out a lot with the Von Erics? Consider considers Fritz a good man. Uh, was he in the WWE? Yeah, and he did not like Bobby Heenan. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say it right now. The year of McMahon has been vanquished. We're heading into the year of the missing link. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> for the next 52 weeks, we will be discussing... One, Dewey, boom, boom, Byron, James, John, Dewey Robertson, the missing link. This is fantastic. I mean, I was, I'm, I got up to the point where he was Dewey Robertson, and let me tell you this, Dewey Robertson was a real piece of shit. Let me say this, and I mean this. Everything about this man is fucking the best. This guy is such <laughs> a garbage human being. Bear in mind... I, I know what you're all wondering. Does he at some point live with Grizzly Smith? Yes. So does his wife and children. Welcome That's to hell. Funny. That's not good. Dewey Robertson is in charge. Oh, it's so good. I love the missing link. <laughs> Did you think that Dewey Robertson like was like, so a kid's alone. What are you doing with the kid? You playing with him? Yeah, of course. I don't know. You give him a ball or something. Excuse me, uh, Grizz. What's all this? I assume it's not blood. It must be jam that seems to be all over the kitchen table. Oh, Dylan's frozen. Dylan's frozen. Hotel Wi-Fi? Oh, you're back. <laughs> firing on all cylinders. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the we are firing on all cylinders. So Dewey Robertson was born in Hamilton, Ontario. Dylan, describe Hamilton, Ontario using only the comedians that live there. Mm -hmm. You cut out, so yeah, take that, Hamilton. All I heard was Hamilton, Ontario. Um, Hamilton's a good place. I want you... Um, it's full of people that are... Uh, it, Hamilton's good because... It has, I think, 200,000 people, but the same amount of uh, crazy people as a city with 2 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, bear in mind, all the comedians that live there, here's the following. Teen dad lives with his parents at 50. Nice. Um, a guy who I told me in the same sentence, I am an evangelical Christian. Do you know where I can buy weed? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a guy there guy who, didn't, um, who was really... That guy then cried in an alley and said, if I had glass, I'd slit my wrists. If I had glass, I would slit my wrists. There was a guy who got cut off of uh, welfare, and uh, this is like the most... This would be... If you were conservative, you would literally jack off to this story. He got cut off of welfare, and then he was like, oh, fine. And then he just made a pre-roll business that he then sold for $2 million. Who the fuck was that? <laughs> Dan Peters. Dan Peters doesn't give a shit. Dan T. Peters, one of the worst comedians I've ever seen in my life. Dan, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, but you're uh... <laughs> Oh, Dan <laughs> Peters, man. Good, I, I gotta say this about... at, on the pre-rolls. Good Lord, man. Really I gotta say this about Dan Peters. I've never met someone more that that story would be about. <laughs> oh, shit. I guess I gotta fucking be a millionaire now. All right. Yeah, I like how we're worried... I like how we're worried about telling that story, and that story is man not good at other thing, very successful at something else. Like it's not like he's like he was a bad comedian and then let her died of cancer. It was like he wasn't very good at one thing where he was making tens of dollars. 
Then he moved into another thing where he's now literally a millionaire. And a yes, but Hamilton millionaire, the you, dirtiest of all the millionaires. But that's the thing about if you do comedy, it's so much more insulting to say they're bad at comedy than anything else. Yeah, but he's a millionaire. Like I if if he's upset, I'm going I ask this man to just go to his bank account and be aware that Dylan, who is a father, and John, who is the daddy, we both don't have $2 million. Uh, I, I have $2 Our million page, dollars I, in, in love. No, he doesn't have $2 million in, kids either, so I'm trying to... Take- um, one- one last thing I just want to point out is um, I've gotten more messages about our cup that says this is jizz uh, than I did when I nearly died or got divorced. I want everyone of to know course. that more people more people have reached out to be like, are you all right? What are you doing? Which I almost tweeted last night when it happened where I went, officially more people have reached out to see if I'm okay because I've released merch that says this is jizz than when I got divorced or nearly died this year. Bear well, I'll, that in I'll mind. I'll bring you guys behind the curtain on this one is that uh, I don't... <laughs> So I'm not a graphic designer per se. But oh, fuck you, Wi-Fi. I made in paint. Uh, it cut out completely, but it came back at the exact right time for me to find out exactly what I knew. You made that logo using paint. Microsoft Paint. <laughs> God bless like, you. It's, the- it's, no, it's not high-res enough image. And I was like, all right. And then I just made it bigger. Good. Yeah, good. We 200 font then. Get your, uh, oh, you got to join for three months, then we mail you a cup that says this is jizz. And then I added it. So there's $10 is the only, that's the only, um, I'm going to create an $11 range, to be honest, where you can get, just not get the mug. So you have to pay more to not have the mug. So you have to pay more to not get a cup that says one this guy is said, jizz. One, yeah, one guy said he's like, well, I, I give 25 a month now because I don't want that mug. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you get you pay 25 a month, which you get the mean gene with uh, blood on his face, which is like, that's kind of weird. Like, oh, I guess that's kooky, like horror movies. <laughs> you roll off with a mug that says this is jizz. I want one so badly. I want one. Can I get one, please? Can I please? Do I have to join the Patreon for three yeah, months? Yeah, if you guys get a uh, this is jizz mug, could you please only drink milk out of it? I'm I want it. Do you and understand? Yogurt. Do you understand what a bummer it would be? Oh, you want coffee? Do you want the this is jizz mug? Everyone wants the jizz, <laughs> wants the jizz mug. Anyway, do, do you know Robinson? how off I want you to all know is I had a head cold yesterday, which just meant I walked around taking LR fucking lateral flow tests and going, well, this is definitely COVID. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, I did push-ups while also thinking I had COVID, so I think I'm a crazy Ooh. person. But what brought me joy is just thinking about Dylan at holding his son and designing a this is jizz mug. <laughs> yeah, I was really I was really working out it. Um what was I gonna say? pieces of shit so here's dewey here's robertson a, yes go for uh, it john please and uh he grew up in as a beautiful canadian uh, childhood he went to a ymca camp his dad was an alcoholic his mom and dad eventually divorced after according to christopher hobson a prolonged period of arguing about his father's drinking and dewey robertson saw that and went I'm going to be my dad. Uh, by the way, his dad passed away in 1972 of being an alcoholic. Um, his relationship with both parents was strained. He was upset at his mother for divorcing his father and the relative poverty that that brought and felt his father was a bad man due to what his mother said about him. His father's drinking was so bad, he didn't recognize his son when he saw him sometimes post the divorce, which was only occasionally. Dewey spoke, so spoke to his father 
uh, at his father poorly at that point, which he later regretted. Dewey uh, was bad at school, but became a camp counselor. Uh, he was friends with someone who played for the Ottawa Rough Riders. Yeah! Russ Jackson, Canadian Football Hall of Famer, John. Yeah, he's up there with Pinball Russ Peterson. Jackson. But this here's is back when the CFL was like... Uh, actually no. a league because everyone kind of made the same amount of money. Like the only difference with the NFL and the CFL now, obviously is when you get a concussion in the NFL, you can go to bed on uh you can go to sleep on a bed of money and not wake up tomorrow because you have to do your regular job. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then it was like everyone was kind of making the same amount of money. There's certainly exactly. more prestige in winning an NFL championship than a great cop. That's sure. true. But and the other thing that's very funny, it is the CFL is not a league based simply on the amount of CFL players I've met in real life. It should be zero. I don't like the CFL. I've randomly in my life met four high level CFL, five, five CFL players. My oh, dad was just my six. My dad was just friends with a guy who was a That's running cool. back for the BC Lions. That's cool. He was yeah, so nice. Cool. He took took me in the locker locker room and he was like, "John, you're going to meet the team now. One thing. They're all going to be naked." And I was like, I was like 11. I was like, "What?" And he's like, mm. and I I really enjoyed this cuz I remember he was just like, "I don't know what it is with this team, man, but they just stand around naked." And I was like, "This is weird." <laughs> you thought this was just uh you thought that was just a BC Lions only thing. I will, I'll probably get a bet against the Lions. They seem to be really preoccupied with just standing and comparing hogs. I mean, I but that they were a force to be reckoned with. That game was the funniest oh, yeah. sporting event I've ever been to in my life, because half of the stadium was just uh, it was Frosh Week at UBC. So the entire game, every thirty seconds, someone ran on the field. So fun! Everything, like, literally, cops surrounding the field at a certain point. The players keep getting yelled at by the referees because they keep tackling teens jumping on the field. My dad. Thought it was ridiculous. This is crazy. This isn't how you play football. This is ridiculous. Uh, uh, by uh, the this is before pr- the pandemic, but I wanted to because my father-in-law loves the CFL, and then I was looking and at the tickets. XFL. Let's not forget that he loved the XFL. <laughs> he, Your dad was he loves pigskin, no matter what it is. He he would freely watch just like people Here's practice the following in their things. backyard. Your and dad, like, this guy's throwing like an idiot. Like I can hear you, like good. Yeah, you're so correct. don't throw like an idiot then. You <laughs> yeah, fuck. You're a joker. Anyway, um yeah. but I bought I didn't I, I didn't walk up. outside of my house and not be able to see my eight Canada flags <laughs> to see someone fucking fumbling the ball. All right? Now fucking play to win. So I get? accidentally pressed a zero. So I have forty tickets to the CFL instead of four. <laughs> And it was $600. And it was like, I wouldn't be able to games for this. Or like, and it's like the only professional sport where I made that mistake and my card just wasn't declined. It was like, no, that's fine. What did you do? Did you return the tickets? <laughs> no, I just called and I was like, I made a mistake. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, CFL games, I don't know if this is everywhere, but if you go to the Canadian Football League and you're in Canada, if anyone wants to take a trip, beer is cheaper there than a bar. It's no. Oh, my God. So it's like basically even if you don't like the football, you can just pay it like a cover charge. Like, oh, yeah, I'll pay 15 bucks to see this band I don't care about because these goddamn these goddamn Budweiser's three dollars a tier. Oh, yeah. But well, how, but how much is it to up. get in? OK, four $15. divided by So you tell me fifteen dollars is your cover charge. Yeah, And the stadiums you- are like, dude, you got to see it. And then if you heckle the players, you can like continue that at their day job. 
Yeah, this guy. Yeah, but yeah, I don't come to your day job and fucking knock the fucking mop out of your hand. I don't work yeah. at a place that has a mop. Oh, I do. I thought every day job involved a mop. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I think it's like they're all car salesmen. Like the funny thing is, a lot of Canadian comedians make fun of CFL players. It's like, yeah, but they probably make more money at CFL and then later on are your boss at the job that you also have. I, <laughs> you I, mean, I mean, I will say this as someone who's done a lot of stand up comedy with a guy who, um, uh, played for the CFL. They need to do Saint more. John to pre- Avery, very charismatic. Always came to shows with different women. Hello. Oh, I wasn't even thinking of that guy. I was thinking about the guy in Ottawa. Oh, Mark Hatfield. Yeah. That guy needs that guy, to treat he's, his CTE better. He did an entire <laughs> he did an entire show with a fake Scottish accent, and at the end of it, I went, "Why did you do that?" And he was like, "Someone told me to," and I was like, "Yeah, man, you made that show harder for everyone because no one understood why you were doing it." And he's like, "It was funny though," and I was like, "Was it?" And his wife was like, "I didn't find it funny." He was like, "Oh." His wife said that. What a sellout bitch. It was the best, like, because he was like, wait, and then she was like, I, and it was like, oh, this is one of the things he does. He gets overexcited. He did that, and then he full forgot what kind of car he had. No, that's not true. That was a completely different comedian who was drunk. That's very funny. He's a zany that was a guy. He's a, he's a, uh, Mark, he's trying to be zany. Anyway, we got to get back on fucking track here. No, we do not need to get back oh, on track, actually, Dylan. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> what are you talking Christmas. about? Um, so, Dewey Robinson was a lifeguard. He um, amateur wrestled. He met Russ Jackson, who got him into <laughs> who started. I love this. So, okay, Whipper Billy Robertson and fucking Russ Jackson and a bunch of and a guy named Doug and a guy named Gord probably. There you go. Hook yeah. Dewey up with the family that basically promotes the Canada Territory, Toronto. Now, what's amazing about that family is they are the Tunnies. Jack Tunney, who was the on TV president and. Basically, the Eric Bischoff of the golden era of WWF negotiated that role when Vince took over the Canadian territory, which, by the way, Jack Tunney is the smartest wrestling promoter ever. That man apparently collected a full salary for more than 10 years and basically appeared occasionally on WWE television, always had a new car when they came, got all the money when they promoted Toronto. Like... By the time they got to the click, one of the reasons they were moved on supposedly is because Kevin Nash was like, this guy is making way too much money. Like, fuck this. And (laughs) Vince was like, you're probably right, actually. Why haven't I fucked this guy over like I fucked everyone else? And they're like, I don't know. And he's like, I'm weird. Yeah, he uh, he went through life notably unfucked, which is good for him. The interesting thing is, like, it really doesn't seem like this guy's ever going to do anything beyond be a really bad husband. But then he ends up just getting into wrestling because Bruto San Martino wanted jobbers, baby. It's a very interesting thing that, yeah, that's exactly it, is that Bruno San Martino basically... Well, it's one of those things where this is such a look worked with this guy and that in the Canadian territory they basically just needed a big brawling bruiser and the Canadian territory really strikes me as those guys were like they were like 70s porn magnets but of wrestling where they're like we just need a thing that fits into this image and then we'll just get that guy addicted to drinking and drugs and then we'll control him and then they were like oh wait he's already addicted to drinking and drugs and doesn't care about control perfect <laughs> Dewey Robertson is our Hulk Hogan in that he works for us. Like, it was just very... He's bleak. Mr. Canada. And the other thing is, for the time, he had a yum-yum body. 
Certainly did. When by the time he gets to the WWF, he's an absolute gusher, come wise. And he's like got a, and you wouldn't even say it like with his age, but with his age for that time period, it's unprecedented. And especially the fact like before doing this episode, I was like, oh, well, I guess this guy was actually clean cut and just took care of his body. But no, it's all genetics because he definitely loved to pop. Yeah, he pop. just he loved to drink, drink, and then he loved to go home. Steroid, steroid, beat up his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah steroid, he likes to steroid, steroids, beat up his wife. Yeah, uh, the missing links um, found his favorite hobby, and that favorite hobby is asking, "What the hell do you call this?" Because I don't call it dinner. And then his wife that would is, be like. Yeah. I'm going to fucking divorce you. And he was like, you're not. And then eventually she did. And he was probably pretty surprised. Oh, she did. Ooh. See, I didn't get that far. So that's really good. Spoiler yeah, yeah, yeah. alert. It's, it's spoiler alert. The woman realizes that Dewey Robertson, like, let me put it this way. Dewey Robertson should have been a Patreon. This should technically be a Patreon episode for how bad of a guy this is. Like, he basically just moves territories, has a kid with a woman that he clearly dislikes who dislikes him. Then they are. Then he is a very disrespectful piece of shit to her, and then he paints his face green and goes fights Buddy Rob, Buddy Rose. Basically, he's in the early career. Him and his wife have their. By the time he starts into wrestling, he's had a second child. Um, he starts cheating, his, and they live in nudist colonies because he says it's cheaper. But and also, he's a nudist. This is the other thing that's wild about this guy: nudist loves being nude. He and Kevin Sullivan are the two big wrestling nudists, although Kevin Sullivan denies it, but I believe it. I mean, it makes it a lot funnier just to be like the naked Prince of Darkness. Yeah, yeah. Please welcome the Taskmaster, unless that task is putting on trousers. Then he is the not accomplishing that Taskmaster. All right. Uh, uh, How about this? I'll do this is the most I can do for you. I can fold my balls over my wang so you can't see my wang. But you're going (laughs) to see my That's the best I can do for you. All right. Let's compromise. And I just just wear no trousers or shirt. Uh, How was that a (laughs) comp? How was the compromise? I didn't say I wouldn't. You can wear whatever you want. Wait, what? (laughs) Usually I make everybody wear. Just Usually, I'm, over their dick like if that. you don't want to be naked, I at least make you wear a, a skin-colored cloth suit because I don't, I don't like people not to match. That's why I like being naked. I, everyone matches. Dewey Robertson, of course, moves to Keswick, and he brought, he just bought some the property. Best. Yeah. By the way, there, I dug a hole and I shit in it. That's my house. So, that is such a Canada is weirdly obsessed with just purchasing property. Like you are not a successful person until you own something, which is why Canada has so many small towns filled with confident losers because they're just like, I own my house. And it's like, it's next to a smelting plant and is currently on fire. Yeah. And I own that part that's on fire. You <laughs> I own that fire. That's my fire. You don't. That's my fire. It. I started that fire. Do not look at that fire. Do not put water on my fire. That is expensive fire. That's what I like about Dewey Robinson, though. And also, also we should say this: Canada just has tons of land. So you're like, I own most of Sudbury. How is that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I still have to work two jobs. It's but, bad. I mean, I it's bad. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and most of it's most of it smells like piss. <laughs> he was he was the all Canadian hero. He would come out riding a moose and he would have to finish a whole back bacon sandwich before he entered the ring. Talk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He got on the mic and immediately said, French people bit iffy about them. And everyone then shit themselves. With <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was heard all over just men shitting. Yeah, exactly. He dipped a French, uh, French fry in mayonnaise and everyone applauded. Then he put it up his butt and then they stood. 
Yeah, then they they didn't stop clapping. This is hero. Hero. They chanted hero for this man. He was a hero to them. He's and, a good. He's a good example of a guy who just now would not have a job. I disagree. Now he he would be in AEW like you wouldn't fucking believe. Like really? he would be there I in. So. I do think so, James. For some reason, James? I just called you James. <laughs> I I guess I don't. When I watch old matches, I can't be like, "Ooh, that's a good." For 1950, he's good. Like I have no fucking idea what's going on. I just see. Like, Here's the thing with AEW: is AEW would hire everyone pre Hulk Hogan WWE and post Hulk Hogan, and then Hulk Hogan WCW forward. All of those people are going to AEW. Yeah, like they would hire Johnny Valentine so fast, and then act shocked that he then. Oh, Johnny Valentine has pulled what he calls a rib and what the law calls murdering Jungle Boy. Johnny Valentine has murdered Jungle Boy. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they're an interesting thing because they're trying to be like, well, I mean, they're just a wrestling company with somewhat of a conscience, which is difficult. Because, like, just be careful. I guess, you know, if you're a wrestling company, just be careful to not position yourself as woke in any way because things are going to happen and uh, the chips are going to fall weird. You are not. Yeah, because I got news for you. There is no way that Chris Jericho hasn't fully just grabbed a black person and yelled the N word at them and just gone, I'm singing a song and then walked away. Like that's, I, <laughs> yeah, there is I, no the, uh, way that so Chris sorry, Jericho ahead. hasn't fully asked an inappropriate question about COVID to a Chinese person. Like he's called the New Japan offices and oh, been yeah. like, can you do something about this bat flu? And they were like, <laughs> that is, we are, this is not, we're not China. Chris, you've been to China and Japan. They're distinctive countries and cultures. Are you not aware of that? Um, I changed wrestling with Tony Khan in every way and have totally rewritten the story of how this company came to be because I'm the most, I'm somehow more annoying than Hulk Hogan. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Jericho on social media is more off-putting than a man that we know stopped sex to just be racist. <laughs> like, know that. He was finished sex. He didn't be like, oof, you know, it really gets me off, dude. All right, I'm going to rub the end of it while I talk about my uh, daughter's boyfriend and how much I don't like him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It's like, all right, I've jizzed. Know what happens as soon as I'm done jizzing? I uh, need to talk about my kids. <laughs> you what I need to do, it helps me after I, after I dump a load, dude, is being close-minded about people I love. And speaking of being closed-minded, there is no way Dewey Robinson didn't hear some random, crazy, closed-minded shit as he worked Here, for... Say. Uh, you yo, think a say, guy buys land in rural Keswick? By the way, Keswick, if you're not from Canada, is not a city. So you know how... like you have to, You've already given the name of a straight-up town, and then now you're saying rural. Like, you know what I mean? It's more rural than a place that's already rural. That just means... Yeah, bear like, in mind, like... Like yeah. Hamilton at this time in the 70s is a very small factory town. Yeah, and it's Keswick. It's a cigarette with a pickup truck in front of it, and that makes it a city in Canada. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's got a. It's, yeah, there are two schools, and there's two high schools, and they do not like each other because one of them is Catholic, and in Canada, that rivalry exists. Uh, oh, it exists everywhere, the dirty Catholics. If you're Catholic, was, listen, I'm <laughs> kidding. I want you to know that they they had to make the Catholic school come out go like end at four o'clock because they were just like students just kept showing up and fighting in the middle of the street based off of nothing more than um, uh, some students went to the public school, some students went to the Catholic school. Here's one of my favorite things. <laughs> 
He was in a supermarket ad. I don't know why Halverson wrote this, but he was in a supermarket ad with Roger Abbott of the Royal Canadian Air Force. Everybody here, if you have... If oh, you, my God. The guy responsible the for... Canadian Air Force. Do you understand the, that, that guy is... History, re- that guy, the Royal Canadian Air Force is responsible for Air the bar in, bar in Toronto mm-hmm. called the Comedy Bar, mm-hmm. which is very good. But also, if you want to get... An, if you want to be annoyingly spoken to by improvisers that you've never met before, head on over to Comedy Bar. Yeah, a guy named Noah will be wearing a corduroy jacket and a fedora, and he will touch your back, and it will be very irritating. <laughs> oh, yeah, then you'll have sex with Noah. I will not have sex with Noah. Noah's not my type. He's very thin, and he has a wispy beard. And Dylan, you know how I feel about beards. Don't wisp. They scratch my face, and I don't like them. Um, 1978, by the way, just to an age update on Dewey Robertson by this point, um, he's toured around being a pro wrestler, but also 1978 when he gets his quote-unquote, I guess, big break, he's 39. Yeah, he's way older than you think he would be. Like that's the thing is Dewey Robertson see like the Lizzie Link seemed like the gimmick of a young man and didn't realize that it is in fact gimmick of a drunkman. Yeah, I just try, I'm trying to think of another wrestler who just like at the literally at the end of their career it all came together kind of randomly. But anyway, 1978 he moves to Mid Atlantic and uh, he was doing very well financially. He owned some gyms and of course he was wrestling. <laughs> and he moves to Mid Atlantic and this is the first time he got heavily into weed steroids and alcohol oh it's awesome he moves to mid-atlantic and he for some reason goes like north carolina this seems like the kind of place that i should do illegal drugs and everyone was like this is not that place and he was like opposite day yeah it's very funny to be like oh the place i moved from has a super lax attitude toward weed i'm gonna start smoking in a place where you can go to jail forever yeah but that's not true of canada in the 70s in the 70s it okay. was like a full crime like it was a it was a full hot crime yeah, it was like the it was the time when if you had seeds in your pocket, you're going to jail for 20 years. Is Jim Folds and then he um Oh, it's Jim Folds. I <laughs> yeah. want to know what the fuck this guy was doing running a bit. Like I assume he just when you say Jim, it's just an empty space with him sat in it crying. And he's like, "If you lift me, you're in shape." Well, and there's other thing is it's the gym in the 70s. So literally, you're like some weird guy who's like, yeah, "Why are it's you lifting bu- those weights?" Just just It's a bunch of Sit it's silently. A bu- That's what it's a do. bunch of medicine balls and alcohol. That's what a gym was in the seventies. Yeah, you're out. You're out of light beer. How am I supposed to do leg day? You fuck. <laughs> so he wins the U.S. title from Jimmy Snuka. That's not nothing. People like this man and like his hot body. And this is fresh heart, fresh hot, fresh hot of hot off of being a murderer, Jimmy Snuka. If I my ma- no, it's not. This is pre-murder Jimmy Snuka, is it not? He's gathering, yes, he's gathering his chi to do the murder. Yes, he's gathering his strength to do the murder. And if anything, spending time with uh, the missing link um, might have probably helped. Because I guarantee Jimmy Snuka was like, I'm not really liking my girlfriend. And uh, missing link, if I was strong enough, I'll tell you what I'd do to my wife. And Jimmy Snuka just started taking notes. One thing led to another. (laughs) Old Jeb's a millionaire, as they say. Um, he was one of those guys who gets matches with the NWA champions, and really, he's just such a big draw but, in Canada. But he also sense. he also get pisses off the NWA champion because Ric Flair. He claims Ric Flair got angry at him because he made Ric Flair look too good in the ring. Don't believe that for a second, Dewey. You're a lying piece of shit. Yeah, he's just old and he can't really wrestle. Yeah, he's like he's just he's just a really old man that I guarantee everyone's like, how old are you? Twenty? I'm forty one. 20 it is. And then you come into 
with this like real big head because you were the all Canadian guy and like you, head, were, you said you head. won <laughs> every single title for <laughs> six hundred million years. That's true. Like, uh, and, and you're like Ric Flair. Here's how the match is gonna go. And he's like, Well, I mean, I'm drawing a lot. And he's like, You would I draw dicks? Here's a picture of one. It's mine. Yeah, I'm gonna look. I'll it. draw a dick on you. How about that? Do, do you want me to draw a dick on you? And he's like, I mean, more than anything, I don't want you to draw a dick on me. And he's like, You I think, think want to really draw a dick though? on you though? Go ahead. You want know, to know what actually happened? Is Ric Flair was pissed off because. Um, there was a woman there and then he was like, I can show my dick to this lady. And then Dewey Robertson had already done that. And he's like, I harass first. That's the rules. I'm the champ. And Rick was mad. That is so probably what happened is, yeah, oh, Dewey yeah. Robertson was being very rude to a woman. And I um, wanted to do that first. He didn't. Yeah. Rick Flair <laughs> ran over and was like, rude. I go first. You don't, you don't scream at a woman. When I haven't already screamed at a woman, and that's it's like a, that's what? a Jim Cornette rant that's been taken off YouTube. You fucking the, 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 everyone with this speaking out stuff. The champ goes first. That's the problem. The problem is the lower card guy can't go first on the new talent. Yeah, what the fuck? Um, did you know how that's, often if you already were abusive towards your wife and then you become an addict? That's crazy. Yeah, that's the even crazier thing is when he becomes an addict, how he becomes an addict, why he becomes an addict. The reason why, by the way, was his wife said, do not become an addict. And he was like, <laughs> I disagree. Well, fuck you. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Well, the other thing is he becomes like obsessed with winning the NWA title. At 40, he's just really started like getting in all around the different territories. Do you know what I mean? Because mostly he's based in Ontario and then he'll like tour out of there. But still has a side job. But this is the 70s where there's a ton of wrestlers just making their bones because they go territory to territory, you know, payoffs and whatever. And fucking. But he's actually kind of got a solid life with a family he doesn't love. But then he also moves them all love. away. And also, like, by the way, like, moves them places like you now live with Grizzly Smith. Like, it's not like he takes them to nice, fun places filled with fun, he takes them to hell filled with enemies. <laughs> yeah here's uh here's satan actually satan would be fine because satan has like a you could at least understand satan kind of has a moral i guess he's punishing people for going against his moral code weirdly but um yeah it's grizzly just smith wild has no moral code enjoy yeah grizzly smith like grizzly smith is the reason why wrestling had to get a moral code because they were like this guy is behaving horribly and everyone was like but is he and they were like yeah and he's like oh okay yeah we probably should do something then uh 83 he has his Real main success as a singles wrestler, he beat the Manny Fernandez for the NWA Central States Heavyweight Championship, and Manny Fernandez retells that story as uh, me and the Missing found and fucked Sasquatch. Yeah, the the I love this. This is the thing that's the best thing about um, our ya boy. The missing link is he gives us an opportunity to really visit with all of the fun stuff we've learned in the last few years about wrestling. And one of the big ones is that the raging fucking bull Manny Ramirez is the best liar of the territory era. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, the Manny banjo I, is the great liar. Like, it's crazy. It's, yeah. Manny Fernandez claims he invented the phrase gooch. Before that, it was just the taint. <laughs> Oddly, he is like a lot of wrestling fans because you will catch wrestling fans and we know some of them who will just claim they invented something. Like I'm the guy who started um, booing. We people. have a friend. We have Halloween, a friend who, who claims he invented the, the what chat, 
Yeah. And it, to this day, is one of the most infuriating things I've ever been a <laughs> yeah, part great. of in my life. I invented the what chant? Brennan Burke it is not he great. invented the Fandango. Oh, my God. The Fandango yeah. dance? His, do you know what his, my favorite part of his evidence is? What? They're all dancing like how I dance. <laughs> I love it. If it wasn't partially real, it'd be great. But it's partially real, so it's infuriating. So we're going to take a break. I think we're only going to do like 20 more minutes, but we're going to uh, talk about the missing link. When he actually is the missing link and not just yeah. old. Because this is the other dude. shocking thing is no. And also you can't find really any evidence of any wrestler who cared about him during the Dewey Robertson time. When they care about him is he puts on green makeup, blue weird eye things, and starts grabbing his own head to headbutt people. And he goes, he becomes a fucking star, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to take a break, yeah. come back, take it out, and piss in my mouth. Piss, shit, fuck. Hey, guys, thanks very much for donating to the Patreon. Uh, we're trying to do a drive to get to 100 subscribers. And at 100 subscribers, we'll think of something to do. But if you guys donate to the Patreon, we have $5, $10, 20 or 25 if you're really crazy people you guys can donate to thank you so so much for donating to patreon uh it's really made this even more worthwhile than just talking about barry horwitz's dick already is i want you to know how much i love all the patreon listeners i was quietly reflecting on my love while dylan was doing that let's be honest great commercial all right so we're shitting and what's coming out of us is fucking good ideas and here's a good idea i have <laughs> okay let's good. make dewey robertson no longer a man but a monster envisioned by someone who drinks a lot. Hey, man, who came up with The Missing Link? I want to know everything about it because short run, but one of the best characters and one of the like luckiest things to have happen to a guy who's like entire character was, hey, everybody, I eat well, I exercise, and I'm from a place that you all think is communist. That's right. So Dewey Robertson, basically, Bill Watts, he ends up in Mid-South. Um Oh, this is uh, funny, and his gimmick too. So was Bill basically Watts did he... it, and uh, Bill Watts did it, and sorry to cut you off, but I'm obsessed with this, about like certain movies and parts of entertainment, just like wrestling, just like takes from whole whole stack, and 1983 was the year of like the mix, Mad Max, because Mad, he's literally, his first name is Mad Max, the missing link, and Bill Watts this had already is, yeah. taken the Road Warriors. Bill Watts had already, yeah, Jim Crockett already had the Road Warriors, so Bill Watts was like, do fade pay, you're Mad Max, the Road Warrior, the missing link, you're the missing link, there you go. Like, the amount of different humonguses there were because yes. of this movie, like, it's so funny, you can just tell what movie was left in a locker room, like, thank God no one's left a copy of Mein Kampf in the WWE <laughs> locker room, or Christ, would we see some gimmicks? Well, that was the crazy thing was, you know, the original name for the inner circle Chris Jericho pitched. Uh, yeah, it was just called The Holocaust d Did Not Happen. Yeah, the it faction. was called The Oath Keepers. He was like, what about The Oath <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keepers? What about The Proud Boys? It was Boys? called the, Prou the Proud Boys, but racist. Oh, God, I just dropped the biggest bottle of water <laughs> The Proud the Boys, but we say it. Um, yeah. Ken Mantell was uh, responsible for developing The Missing Link in his ring And also... His headbutt was Ken from Pro so. Go for it. Yeah, his head, Ken Mandel. Sorry for ducking out. I literally, this this bottle of water right here, for those of you on video will get this, bottle of water was filled filled to here, and I just knocked it over. Ooh. Oh, my no. carpet is. Good thing it's a hotel. Yeah, it's not um, your carpet. Take a shit in there. I already have. I took a big fat shit. Oh, I meant on top of the water. No. Anyway. Um, so the gimmick was... 
Very gimmick good. was he acts bizarre. He acts bizarre. basically Bill Watts like you're from Canada. Do you do the following things? And he's like, no, I don't do any of those things. He's like, well, my audience will think you will because I I broadcast some pretty weird stuff as they're walking in. Check out the and it's just speeches from Franco. Anyway, so um, <laughs> yeah, he's given that gimmick with face paint, and it's basically Road Warriors are popular. Let's make our own ward Road Warriors, which is such an interesting thing in territory wrestling. Which is how did they not figure out just how do we fight hulk hogan other hulk hogan they were like i know how we fight hulk hogan a drunk blonde man in a purple wig or a purple robe no like it's in the way that kevin sullivan honestly and openly was like why did bill goldberg be bald with a goatee and black trunks and he's like because if someone doesn't know the name of steve austin and says oh you got to watch wrestling they got a guy who's got black trunks and a goatee and they turn on nitro and they see goldberg they think that's who they're talking about like it's yeah. so that thing of wrestling of like Oh, if one territory has a guy, get your version of that guy. Well, it's everything, right? Is group think. And the other thing is, I think the missing link is far, uh, clearly far enough away from the Road Warriors to be really good. Yeah, I completely agree. And also, but in like a nice vein, like in that the missing link is always stuck in my head as a wrestler I was interested about and kind of shocked he never made it in the WWE until I realized after a brief run in Mid-South where he basically just built the character, was managed um, in WCCW by Skandor Akbar as part of Devastation Incorporated. At the time when Devastation Incorporated fucking ruled. We got like um, old school Kamala where he actually was just a like a monster and not kind of a doofus still racist as a character but somehow more positive in WCCW than he was in WWF you've got Kabuki in there and then you've got the missing link who were all part of like monsters that would attack the Von Erics basically yeah, Saturday morning villains and the other thing about this as I really like is it's uh the missing link with the great Kabuki who you know I mean, we're going racist stereotype, but like clearly an evil man with mist. And then Kamala, who's a man from the jungle who knows nothing. And then gorgeous Jimmy Gar Garvin, who's just a hot guy. I like the idea of a guy who like thinks he's pretty hot hanging out with these people who are like, like basically three King Kongs. And then just a guy who's like, you know what? I don't care what anyone says. I like my hair. You're as evil as King Kong. Yeah. Do you like that hair? You're a monster. Uh, other fun facts. The nudist colony he's living in when WCCW is for swingers that makes his wife angry. Also, he gets very drunk and sells his son's car. Dewey Robertson. <laughs> a piece of shit. He's a real Brian B. Blair. Oh, another layer to this. Uh, his handler becomes his wife, Sheena, on screen. And then uh, she doesn't get paid for anything because he never thought to ask for that. It's so wild. Which is crazy because it's like he's devalued his wife to the point that he doesn't want any more money. Yeah, he also is... Oh, it's your money still. Even if you're a giant piece of shit, like he clearly is, it's his money. Well, here's the craziest it's thing is... Money. Here's the unfortunate thing is usually with wrestling monsters, they're really smart. Like, they're actually canny monsters. Like, they're like, oh, here's my... Like, like I will do X, Y, and Z, and then I get to be a monster. Dewey Smith is a dumb, dumb, idiot, bad guy. Like, he's both Stupid dumb bad. and a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> he tries to commit crimes, but he ruins them. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, he... I robbed the police station instead of the bank. Oh. I tried to rob the bank, but instead I went pee in my pants. <laughs> oh, no, I got scared of how big I am, so I come. Go <laughs> uh, why are you wearing a Syracuse top? Anyway, um... Uh, 
in later years, Dewey Robinson would talk about this time uh, with regret and say it was all side effects of his addiction. But like, it also seems like he was just a dick. And also, like, I listened to the old shoot, you know, people shoot now, Dewey, ooh, they're gonna shoot. And it was Cornette, Pritchard, I think a third one. Anyway, they were just like, hey, he was kooky. Like, yeah, they're all just. mentions his. Like decades of abuse against us, but again, but again, the reason why Jim Cornette still talks about how Grizzly Smith is a good guy is he's like, I didn't see it. Oh sure, Jake seems, like, and it's also that thing that's not said is it's like Jake was Jake no showed. Grizzly always kept his bookings, and for Jim Cornette, it's like that's enough to be a quality human being in my book. You know what I mean? Like that's the <laughs> wild thing. Oh, by the way, he gave the car to his son and then st- sold it, so that's fine. It's still his property. No, it's not. He also sold it for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, he just didn't want his son to be happy, which I also... He's a fucking uh, bad man. He also then heads with. on over, his brief stint in Florida, but then heads to the WWF where he's briefly managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan. Why is this guy... What's also interesting is all of the like perfect muscly heels for Hulk Hogan, i.e. Bruiser Brody and the Missing Link were such X-Factors personality-wise that they were never brought in to face. Like, it's still, I want to know why Stan Hansen was never brought in to face Hulk Hogan. Because Stan Hansen and Hulk Hogan are, like, still friends to this day, loved working with each other, worked together a lot in Japan. Why the fuck would you not just have Stan Hansen come in and fucking... Because Stan Hansen probably didn't want to be like... Like, they did it a bit in WCW, but A, his asking price was probably too high. And honestly... Kind of from what I've inferred about the man, he probably was like, I don't want to do that because I kind of run my own life this way. That's true. Also, do you know what I mean? Like he goes to Japan. He's a really good relationship with all the bookers. He makes a ton of money. He likes Japan. He likes how respected he is in Japan. Um, And then he goes over to the States and he makes a boatload of money and sees his family. It seems. And then but then also you look at this, too. It's a lot harsher style in Japan, but you get way more time off. And WWF, like, he sees these dudes coming out. I guarantee this man saw the mid-80s happen and then saw all these dudes come out basically, like, two years. And they look like completely different people with, like, painkiller addictions. And he was like, so he, and Stan Hansen seems like a smart man. I mean, we'll probably yeah, do an like, episode uh, on him and it'll like, turn out, like, he, like, used to just specifically poison <laughs> orphans or something. But yeah, 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 yeah. right now, we can believe he's a nice man. He had some sort of weird marriage problem. He's not like Freddie Blassie, who none of his kids spoke to him for like the rest of his life. Like it's something like Freddie Blassie had a falling out with his kids when he was 30, dined at 91, and they all said, good riddance, you fuck. <laughs> um, I like the idea of heard something about your kids. Anyway, you're sorry, had problems with your kids is very funny. Anyway, so Dewey Robertson... Um, this is where it gets real fun because also I think that Vince McMahon, this is probably the first time he's like, Oh, I wanted to buy the gimmick, not the man necessarily because I, yeah, this is a very good point. Like a bigger, hotter guy, but also the missing link is every single thing that Vince McMahon wants in a Hulk Hogan heel. He's fucking like, he's a perfect psycho. He's a perfect, uh, he's as big as Hulk Hogan. He's as jacked and, yeah, exactly. He looks exactly also like he a wide. He also, in the 80s, there was a certain, like, this guy's crazy. Like, there was certain things, and it goes to, like, look how unkempt his hair is. Like, there's those things of, like, people don't talk about this, crazy. but, like, but the His thing is, it was done just like it mashed on his face, you know? Like, 
Yeah, like it's also this funny thing of people like you'll hear people, especially in comedy right now in the UK. I'm just getting a lot of this in green rooms where they're like, can't say anything anymore. And it was something that was pointed out recently where I was like, oh, yeah, which is like, yeah, back in the 80s, you couldn't swear. Like you couldn't have we if you had weird hair, someone would be like, what's wrong with you? It's like my hair. And they're like, no, bad. Yeah, exactly. People would follow you around the grocery store because they thought you were going to s- steal because you had a ponytail. Yeah, he's got a ponytail. You know what that means? He's probably on heroin. He's no, I don't think. I'm... Yeah, so definitely a thief. He expected he's Bobby Heenan. This is why I didn't like Bobby Heenan because he expected <laughs> him to book all his plane tickets and take care of all the other arrangements. I know this is wild. Where he's like, basically, Dewey Robertson had the best life ever. Where it's like, I want to be a thirteen-year-old for the rest of my life, and they're like, well, that comes at a cost. You have to live in a nudist colony. He was like, you had me at nudist. <laughs> But yes, obviously a uh, just piece of dog shit. And it's easy to take Bobby. Bobby Heenan, I will say this, the people he doesn't like stand the test of time. Who doesn't he like? The Missing Link. Horrible. Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, Ultimate Warrior. Uh, Xenophobe. Good for you. Yeah, it is actually. That's such a great point. Is He's kind of like, let me tell you who I don't like. Any of these fucking assholes. Racist losers, I'd say I don't like. Well, Hulk Hogan. He loves Hulk Hogan. Is the one problem. <laughs> Who is both? Yes, he is both. His first recorded loss came against George the Animal Steel. So basically, quickly, they kind of lose faith in him because if Bobby the Brain Heenan isn't going to... That's the thing is Bobby Brain Heenan is like, nah, and then they're like, okay. Yeah, if Bobby Heenan doesn't like you, then you're fucked, right? Yeah, and he's there in 85, and he talked about how that was the best place for him in 85, how much he loved it, and then immediately left... Went back on the territories, went back to living in a nudist colony, went back to bothering his wife, went back to making sure that his kids have a faraway look whenever he's brought up. You know, Dewey Robertson's career was basically just the longest route to get it, to being lonely on Father's Day. That's what Dewey Robertson did with his wrestling career. He said, I want to make sure that my kids do not call in June. And they were like, you are doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, he gets traded. This is something I really thought was cool that I sure... One of the many old school things AEW will probably bring back is he gets traded. So um, the missing link and Adrian Donis are traded to Jimmy Hart by Bobby Heenan for the contract for King Kong Bundy in 1985. That's so crazy. That's pretty That's so crazy. So, but he was, uh, yeah, he obviously, honestly, it's such an amazing cap to his career because he, he, um, at the end of his very end of his career, comes up with this gimmick that lasts like three or four years. He gets the, the a crazy big amount of paydays in the WWF. Really, he does obviously fuck himself up because the weird thing, though, his reasoning for wanting Bobby the Brain Heenan to book all his flights was, how, how am I going to book my own flights when we're told to be in kayfabe the whole time? I'm the missing link. So you kind of do understand what he's talking about. Yeah, but you do understand token, his point. Like, yeah. But it's also that thing of just go to someone else and be like, hey, can someone book my flights or for book me? it under your own name? You don't have yeah, to wait a minute. Is he booking flights as flight. the Mickey Link? Uh, name Link. First name missing. Well, I just don't understand. Like, yeah, what I'm a really great point about it. Wear a hat. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have to wear the paint, face paint. Just wear a sweater. Based and on his complaints, thing. And you I, don't have to be like nude. I guess he wanted to be nude. He's like, well, I got to be naked on the plane. Um, that's so funny. That's so funny. Of course, yeah, when he gets exactly let go from WWF, on. he says George Scott wanted him back, but he didn't want to come back, so I don't even care. So November 85, he goes back to a world class, and uh, that's really when he wanted to go to world class, when Fritz has murdered most of his sons, 
<laughs> yeah, so he's was like, I'll finish the job. It's really good, actually. And they do a great job of making him a heel in that how they turn him is he returns a teddy bear to a sick kid that Buddy Rose stole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What happens is uh, how they make him a heel is that he will not uh, smoke methamphetamines with any of the Von Erics, and he tries to get them to stop doing it. That's what makes him a heel. Yeah, it's basically, the, you want to know how we make uh, a heel in WCCW? Is someone has cocaine, and he walks in and goes, hey, where'd you get that cocaine? And they're like, boo that man. You don't ask someone where the supply came from. Texas, Texas, Texas. <laughs> so he leaves... Obviously, he bounces around uh, world class to the UWF with Bill with Bill Watts, and um, then this is really telling about how what everyone thinks of him is during right at the end of UWF when it's sold to the NWA, he has to go to Wild West uh, Wild West Wrestling with Ken Mantell because the NWA doesn't even want his contract. Yeah, and this is the craziest thing in that this is the dark days of the NWA. They need people. This is almost Jim Hurd time, and he's still like, nah, nah, get going. Like, all of the people that gave him work for so long, they were just like, he's too weird. He's like, he just must have been not fun. That's the thing with wrestling at a certain point where you're like, yeah, they really will forgive anything if you can kind of hang out. And if you can't, they're just like, enough with this fucking gooey boy. He lost his uh, all his money. He's eating out of dumpsters with his wife. Terrifying. Man, I really wish this lady would have left him. It's the craziest thing at this point in the like late 80s, early 90s, where the NWA just needs anyone anyone recognizes. And they're still like, nah, you go you go with what we think might be. Like, it's so, like, what was this guy he like? He loses, well, he loses his physique. Because when he gets poor, he can't afford steroids, which are very expensive. So he goes down to 190 pounds. But that doesn't bother like, that doesn't bother them with other people. Bobby he Bobby Eaton looked like a thumb for twenty years, and they're still like, "Get me that man." Yeah, but Bobby Eaton could wrestle very well, and like Missing Link is clearly a piece of dog. Dan Spivey, Dan Spivey, Dick the Bruiser. There's so many Spivey's people. Like six eight, and also always had like a melted cheese body. The, the missing when your whole gimmick is your body, and you lose. Like, but I disagree with you completely. Of muscle His, suddenly. No, shut. Your fucking okay. awful mouth, or you're gonna get beaten up by awful. me. Awful. Ooh. You're gonna beaten up. Ooh. Um. Go for I. Oh, he uh, wrestled at the World Wrestling Council in Puerto Rico, where he pinned the body of Bruiser Brody and uh, counted as that a win. Yeah, 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 yeah. He went to uh, he went to Puerto Rico the week after Bruiser Brody died and had a not weak can survive stabbing wounds match. Oh my god! And then because this is the Bruce Pritchard thing. If you look online, this is the shoot. Well, I mean, Bruce Pritchard's couple words about the missing link, um, about uh, the missing link, but um, he trained his successor in craziness. Yeah, that's right. He trained Ted Kaczynski, the Unibot. <laughs> he trained Sean Morley. Which is trained. wild. Isn't that wild that that, like, of course, by the, the guy that is against the vaccine made mm -hmm. the edge live in the Cayman Islands for tax purposes. And, um, this is what I like where it's like, I guarantee a young Val Venus saw the missing link. It was like, wait a minute. If I take away the wife and kids, I could abuse more people somehow. Yeah. Well, what's even weird. What's even weirder about Sean Morley is kind mm -hmm. like, is like he's, he wants people to smoke weed because all of his friends died from pain pills, but he's so weird about it. You're like, I think it's good. They're dead. He, wa <laughs> he wants everyone to smoke weed. 
and but he but he also like there's a weird type of hippie where it's like yeah man everyone should just chill out and smoke weed and then of course no one except me deserves rights though there should be one law and it should be i'm above them That's yeah the there law. are two rules to my society one don't get high on your own supply Two, I am a near demigod in control of all things involving freedom. Yeah, you know Any fucking, other dispute, if you're high, I will have to go ahead. I'm just. Saying, I was just like, gonna if, say. Cool. I was just gonna say he's gonna do to you what he did to Gold Dust. <laughs> yeah, and then have sex with your wife a lot. This is what I'm saying though. Like Sean Morley is one of the only people on the planet, and there are these people, and they fascinate me because they do make up some like a good portion of potheads. Of like usually if you get high you have two thoughts either I want to eat something and watch television or oh no oh no I'm scared but Sean but there is Morley, a small yeah. segment I know exactly the type you're talking about and going I think I figured it all out and you're like what have you figured out and it's like well I think the first thing I need to do is get a program on this computer so it can search for nudes in people's emails I'm really <laughs> <into> weed. <laughs> but this is the thing where it's not even those guys those guys like those guys I get where it's like oh I figured it all out like that's the third one I, I'm sorry the, the the weird one is oh I figured it all out oh what is it oh there's just a master race what you yeah, got yeah, high yeah. and you were like I'm the master race that's fucking so crazy I read a bunch of books about this and one of those is uh, white supremacist groups uh, monitor like any other fringe organization and look for ways to get yeah. in so they monitor pothead online groups and it's like okay. oh weird i can't get these seeds and they're like you want to know why you can't get those seeds and they're like <laughs> no, that's <laughs> like a and lot like, of white israel if it, weirdly i think if the world if if there were people that cared as much about climate change as there was the people care about white supremacy we'd fucking have some electric cars buzzing around a bit more oh yeah 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 yeah, like, yeah. it's also to, one of the big thing the big one by the way is that they've really infiltrated the libertarian community oh yeah and you can tell because of remember like remember like it was a cool thing to be a libertarian in like 2004 yeah 2004 it's like weird for, like well, what it was was, and this is all like provable. It's like Obama got in, and everyone was like, "Listen, you can't overtly say you're racist, so you have to attack his economic policy." Like there was a bunch of stuff where like you can find them online discussing it and be like, "Attack him at his economic policy," and you know who else doesn't like economic policy? And they were like, "Who?" And they're like, "Jewish people," and they're like, "We did it!" It's crazy. But let me say this right now. Dewey Robinson, if he was still alive, because he, of course, died of lung cancer in his middle 60s, Sean Morley went to the funeral totally nude because he said that's what Dewey would have wanted. And um, uh, the missing link, Dewey Robertson, was buried. Um, uh, What else he uh, did that uh, he was cremated and then his ashes were thrown on on his wife's carpet. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the other thing that was in his will that Sean Morley did at the funeral was steal his son's car again. Where he's like, I don't want my yeah, son yeah, yeah. Shot, yeah. Sean Morley uh, bro- uh, slashed the tires of every member of the Robertsons family at the funeral and said it was in Dewey's will. And then they checked the will, and it was his will was weird, and that it was the first and only will ever made that had was just a list of things he wanted done to hurt his wife and child, children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the last thing that happened was. Dewey's eyes were spread open so that they gave the appearance of him being able to see, and Ric Flair showed him his hog and was like, that's the last thing you see. Headliners, baby! And Ric Flair drove into the ocean, attempted yeah, to kill yeah. himself, but somehow drank the whole ocean. It was pretty nuts. Um, also, we should say this. He tried to become a Christian. 
with Ted DiBiase's uh, parish. And um, according to this, Hobson says Ted DiBiase has been recently revealed as a piece of shit. If anyone wants to get us online and talk about that, I don't know <laughs> how he's a piece of shit. But I mean, if someone just... Here's the thing about Christianity, and I shouldn't say Christianity, I should say um, people just suddenly changing. I mean, I, I, I suppose it's possible, but more than likely you just find a new grift because the old one's over. Yeah, it's by the way, if you'll notice, by the way, a lot of the people that were selling fucking flat earth are now selling alternatives to the vaccine. And it's simply just because those people make money off of fear and you have to switch what people are afraid of now. Yeah. I also am exercising the vaccine from my body because I recently, I'm one of those people who just like is jacked now. So I'm too jacked for the vaccine to really take hold. So my body, I'm sure. That is true. And then the other thing is if I catch COVID, it'll just probably like make me more swole. What's interesting is I got COVID and it actually made me more straight. That's how good. I, that's how much. That's how much invermectin I've taken. I fucking shoved. I can only whenever I, I do about. missionary with one girl, another girl just knocks on the door and goes, "Can I watch?" And I go, "Of course." I've had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the honestly the cure to COVID though, and everyone can write this down: is you fucking bust in a condom, then you eat it. Yeah, we're not. Also, we are not lying. I do that every day. I take a COVID test while I'm waiting the 15 minutes for the lateral flow to work. I bust in a nut in a condom and then I eat it. I, of course, have yeah. to eat it with a knife and fork because it's ballooned to the size of yeah. a full oh, Easter it's very ham. Big. Because of, it's very big. Yeah, it takes of most of the day to eat it. But the other thing is that I, I've And when you slice into it, it's like slicing I, into a poached egg. Like it just. You, know. you have to dip toast in it. It's nice. Yeah, but you don't eat. Then you suck the cum off the toast because I don't mm. eat carbs. So you're like. Oh, it's in my teeth. I can feel the little stringy thing sticking out of my teeth. There we go. Um, but yeah, that's how you do it. And also, I've done yeah. it every day since the pandemic started, and I've never had COVID. So prove it's interesting. It I've done it for the last five years in preparation for COVID. Um, Dylan, <laughs> I figured there what's... might be a pandemic someday, so I did it as practice. I was just looking for a reason to eat my cum. Uh, Dylan, what's your the best thing about uh, Dewey Robertson? The best thing about him was starting to do steroids. The worst thing about him is, John, you could say it with me. How he treated his wife. There you go. Uh, He's pretty straight ahead. He's not a good wrestler. He's not a good promo. But good Lord, does he have a body, yaddy, 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 as they The best thing he ever did was Bill Watts being like, you're a weirdo and I want to rip off the World Warriors. Worst thing was that his wife didn't kill him in his sleep because he's a horrible man. Yeah, Um, man. Hearts out to that woman who ate out of a dumpster. Anyway. Yeah, I've said it before and I've said it again. The fact that more wives of wrestlers don't straight up murder them is really impressive. Also, this episode does make me upset that like Bill Watts isn't just a good guy because then we could just have a fucking nerd jackoff session about all the fucking gimmicks Bill Watts came up with that were amazing. Like, yeah. How about how he's like, all oh, the road warriors are over there and just does the exact thing you should do in creative work, which is, okay, we're going to do something like that, but different. So it'll work because people want... If people want, if people like a hamburger, they don't want another hamburger afterwards. They want a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, Take that it's, analogy well, out. It was really good. I fucking loved it. It was a great analogy. Great way to end. I have to go now. Everyone, take it Everyone out. Everyone has to go. Fuck take me. it out. Put your mushy jennies against the screen. Bye bye. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, go find Dylan God at Dylan God on Twitter. Oh, find yeah, me on Twitter have, at uh, the John Hastings. We, we have, have mugs for sale. We have to leave. And, and those mugs say, this is jizz. Go buy those mugs. We're yeah, plugging nothing else. Go on our else. Twitter, at Wrestler Review, at Wrestler Review on Instagram, the Wrestler Review podcast on Facebook. More announcements about all this bullshit. Fuck you. Suck me. Bye-bye. Fuck you.